Welcome to Scale Her Up, the female entrepreneur show with me, Brenda Hector. I'm a business growth specialist helping business owners to develop themselves and grow their businesses so they can achieve their goals and enjoy the lifestyle they dream of. I'm also on a mission to revolutionize the entrepreneurial landscape for women in business. In every podcast episode, I interview someone who has an inspiring story or some great advice for women aiming to start or scale their businesses. If you're new to the show, take a moment to subscribe and please check out the previous ones after listening to this. We've got an awesome community on Facebook. Just search for Scale Her Up and join in. Today on the Scale Her Up podcast, I've got Abby Clark from Miscarriage Information Support Services, the charity that she started. So welcome, Abby. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Really good of you to, to join me. Tell us a little bit about how you got started, how you started Miss. Okay, um, it seems quite a long time ago now, I must admit. So it was actually almost five years now since we first started. So formed in March 2017. I guess the main reason why I started, I had my own miscarriage, um, early pregnancy loss two years prior. I felt that there wasn't really any support after a miscarriage in the Northeast and really just wanted to, to create a space, create a platform where women and men could come together and feel supported, have a cup of tea, have a biscuit, and just be able to speak to one another very openly about their experiences and how they feel and their emotions. And just really creating that safe space for people so that there's no opinion or no judgment. Um, And so, yeah, so in, in March 2017, I decided, having a chat with my husband, really, and I said to him, I've got this idea, what do you think? And Gave me his full support as always and just said go for it and uh, see where it takes you and um, I applied for health improvement funding which is for the NHS and that basically funded our first year for um, using one of the community centres in Aberdeen for a support group and that's how we started so in March 2017. So did you have any I mean what, what was your background you know did you have any experience of this kind of thing before? Um, so I, I have done quite a few like activities and helping out with like other charities and organisations across Aberdeen, like Befriend a Child, for example, Clan Cancer. And also when I used to live on the Alice Sky as well, um, I kind of did runs and cycling and walks um, as well throughout the year and just really kind of given up a little bit of my time to help others and support others, um, but very much on a kind of just helping out here and there where I was able to um, and just really giving back a little bit more to the community. Nothing really to the extent of you know, running your own charity or running having a team like we do now. Um, so it was it was quite a learning curve, I have to admit, to begin with, it was. Um, I did initially, I spoke with a lot of other charities locally and nationally and just really kind of hearing from them how it was, how did they feel with running a charity and any tips that they had, lessons learned, which really helped um, for me just to get started. So you, you got it started because of your own experience. What was the, you know, what sort of response did you get from, from the, the community then? Yes. Well, um, so in the community itself, um, a really, really positive experience. And overall, from both women and men, it was something that was a service that's really needed. Basically, they... They said they were, you know, we still got the testimonials, still got a lot of the reviews. We, we keep them all over the years we have done of 
the very first few members that came along just saying how much it helped them, you know, to come along to a group and to openly talk to others about the experiences. Again, no judgment, no opinion, which is really important as well. And just feeling supported and listened to. Um, you know, like a lot of our members, you know, they're, they're, they just want to be heard, just want to be listened to and just not have any of that opinions or, you know, anything being said back to them. So they found that really helpful. So it was a very positive and it still is a very positive feedback that we get from all our members. We still continue to, you know, to ask members, new members recently, members that we've had since the very beginning, day one, over five years ago, just what their experiences are. And that's, again, how we improve our services as well. So uh, very positive, but also as well from local businesses and other charities as well, just really feeling really supported from them, which was really nice just to feel, you know, that they think, felt that this is a service which is really needed in the community and how much of a difference it can really make. Uh, which was good. So overall, really positive experience. And then, of course, the Aberdeen Maternity Hospital, we worked very closely with them. So when we had our launch in March 2017, which was in the Dainston Community Centre, Bridget on Aberdeen, um, a couple of the midwives from the Maternity Hospital came along. And I'm sure we can all appreciate that they are very busy, very busy roles indeed, and could be in a lot of other different places. Um, at this time, they took time out to come along to a launch and just really just hear more about the charity and what we do. And that really made me realise, actually, this is something, a charity, a group which is really needed in the community. And I think from day one, I just wanted to give it my all. And you have done. I'm, I'm well aware of that. So five years on, where, where are you now? What, yeah. what does Miss look like now? Just to explain to the listeners what yeah. you've done and amazing achievement in five years. Okay, so um, I'd like to say, first of all, it's not just me. We have an amazing team. We do. So we have 17 um, team members now, both a mix of females and males, um, all different backgrounds, accounts, marketing, fundraising events, counsellors as well, which is super. And basically our team, we offer support for both males and females, as we appreciate that miscarriage can affect males and females in very different ways um, but they both need to feel supported um, so we have um, in-person and also virtual support groups one-to-ones where they can have a chat with a, a support coordinator who have been missed uh, we've also got a phone service which runs 24 hours seven days a week and anyone can get in touch by whatsapp by text message or just simply phoning and just, you know, having that chat or asking any questions that they would like to as well. And then our other form of support that we have is um, for the hospitals. So we provide on a monthly basis several packs and boxes to Aberdeen and Peterhead hospitals, as well as also Dr. Gray's Hospital in Elgin. And these packs are basically they include different items in each of these packs. So one of the packs is a memory box. So the memory box includes really items for the bereaved parents that have that have lost their child and ensuring that they feel supported, but also as well that they can create memories from this box for their baby as well. So some of the items include like a candle, which they can use for like anniversaries or milestones coming up. And simply just lighting the candle can really, really just help the parents just feel a bit more supported and just remember um, as well, which is really important. 
Um, it also includes a teddy bear um, and a scanned card with memory boxes as well. So there are several items which our team, they, they source, they put together and then they deliver um, to these hospitals. So we've got the memory boxes. We also have overnight book packs, which are offered by midwives at the hospital um, to patients basically when they're staying overnight at a hospital. And several items, including body washes, shampoos, um, something simple like a hairbrush, pants, T-shirts. Um, and it's really just items that our members have asked for that they would really have liked to receive in the hospital when they had their loss. We listened to their feedback and put these packs together. And now these are, over the last four months, they've been received really well. They have done these overnight packs. And then we also have pregnancy after loss bags. So that's another service that we offer. So we have the service where you have the support, the groups, the one-to-ones after your miscarriage. Then we also have a service for pregnancy after loss. So the pregnancy after loss service is for parents who are trying again or they are currently pregnant, but maybe feeling a little bit anxious and just need that little bit of extra support. So we have, again, groups, one-to-ones and also bags for those ladies and men. And then finally, the last service is a different pathway. So a different pathway, relatively new service over the last six months that we've just launched. And this is for anyone who's looking to adopt or foster or more information on IVF. They can provide support on that side. So really at MISS, we provide support from after miscarriage, right up until your next pregnancy, or if you've decided to no longer have children, but maybe look at alternative options. It's fantastic what you're doing, Abby, and amazing what you've grown. And, you know, as a good few years ago now, but I've been there, had a miscarriage and then had had another baby after that. So and so many of us have, have ex, you know, experienced experienced it. It's, it's very common. So I think it's great, really great what you're doing. But obviously we're on on the Scale Her Up podcast. So this is about, you know, women in business. And OK, it's a charity, but it's a business, isn't it, um, that yeah. you've set up? What have been the challenges that you've seen across the across the five years that you've been running this? Very good question, indeed. Okay, we'll say some of the challenges have been maybe some of the challenges. You know, even just being, you know, for example, when we first started in two thousand seventeen, realizing probably my step more myself for this one, realizing that I can't do everything and I need to be able to delegate. I need to be able to bring more people on board, bring other volunteers, bring other staff members on and really listen to, you know, to their ideas and their thoughts, their feedback as to how we can improve our services and improve the overall charity itself. Before this, I had, before the charity, I had a videography business with my husband. Um, so having staff and having volunteers was a very new, was a very learning curve for me, it was. So and it was really exciting, though, um, you know, something like this, something new for me. It doesn't daunt me. I get excited by it because I want to learn about it, understand it more. However, I was also feeling a little bit, oh, I want to make sure that I, I get this right. And, you know, I get we have this positive experience for volunteers coming on board, but then also ensuring that we deliver good support for our members as well. So that I would say is one of my that was one of my challenges, just really understanding for me to understand that I have to be able to, you know, have we need we need to have a team. We need more people on board to help us out to be able to deliver the services that we want to. And and how I did that, it was a lot of reading, a lot of reading books, I have to admit, it was just understanding that I can't do it all on my own. And also as well, you know, just really speaking with other charities, speaking with other my contacts, using my network, you know, even like LinkedIn, for example. LinkedIn, you know, although it 
get lost in it with lots of other social media pages, but it's a great network to see, tap into who you know and, you know, how they can help you and how you can help them. And, you know, guaranteed that that time five years ago when I'd asked them, you know, how was a charity? How did you set up? How did you find running a team and so forth? A couple of years later, they were asking me the same questions or other questions that we could help each other in a charity. We've really started to gain relationships with other charities, which has been really helpful. So I'd say that was one of my first challenges as a charity, really, that we had. A great learning, though, and for the for the listeners, you know, to to ask for support and talk to others that have done it, done it before and and get them to share their experience and yeah, valuable learning. Yeah, absolutely. Really, really good learning. So it was definitely a skill that we've all learned there, which has been very good. Another challenge I would say is maybe a little bit more recent last couple of years um, is, um, of course, with pandemic. I don't want to talk too much about it, about it, but in a good sense, in a positive way, um, I would say for that one, because we have learned so much in the last two years to really adapt. We have and very quickly adapt. You know, for COVID, we were everything, all our meetings, even team meetings, committee meetings, board, our support groups, one-to-ones, they were all in person, as well as like our fundraising events as well and events and so forth for the group. And then we quickly adapted, then we quickly had COVID very, very quickly and felt, wait wait a minute, we still need to provide the support, but how do we do this? And none of us knew how to work virtual. I didn't know how to even, you know, to get onto Zoom. (laughs) I never used it before March of last year or 2020. So that was a big learning curve because I was learning myself, but then also trying to teach the, the team and train the team, you know, as to how we can best use it, but also take into account as well that everyone is learning here and you know their mental health and well-being you know is struggling a little bit too because there's a lot of changes in the world too so um that was a big one that was a big challenge for us but i'm so proud of everyone within the team and so happy to have everyone on board that we have in the team because we wouldn't be able to do and carry out all the services that we already do without them and we've like the team itself is get along so well and everyone really works so hard and so committed which is incredible. And I do believe that over the last couple of years, even though a lot of our meetings have been virtual, you know, we've worked out and identified actually what's worked, what's not worked. We don't need to have this meeting for that and anything else. You know, how we can put our time more for meetings that were more efficient. So it has been really good. And it has been, again, another learning curve. But, you know, yes, it was a challenge, but we also learned a lot from it as well. Yeah, I suppose don't be afraid of the challenges because... Yeah, when it, it maybe felt did it feel at the time that that you know this could be the end? You couldn't, you couldn't operate. I think I I, I did think a little bit myself, and we did discuss it as a at the board and the committee. You know, there were a couple of questions and feedback that was coming up saying, you know, how do we continue? You know, because nothing beats face to face in person contact. You know, and especially for a topic like miscarriage, having you know, speaking to someone online is a very different experience. However, we now have certain coping strategies, mechanisms that we use through virtual, through Zoom, which work really well, very effectively. But also equally, we have now our face-to-face ones and we we slightly changed them. We have done over the last couple of years, but we have different strategies which we use for the face-to-face as well. So overall, it has worked out very well. And yes, we certainly have adapted. You've also, you've expanded. You, you've increased your geography and the number of services that you, you're providing. How did that transition happen? 
Yeah, so it, it was basically we, um, we, we have committee meetings once a month, we do, and we all meet together and we go through all the services and how we're performing, where we could be improving, but also suggesting ideas as well within the team. And if I'm honest, I feel that the, the new services, particularly like the pregnancy after loss and a different pathway, they were quite a natural progression. They were because really speaking with our members and they were saying, so do you offer any, any support for pregnancy after loss? There's nothing out there. Can you help us? And we started re- realizing actually there's more and more people that have been asking us this. Why is it there anything out there for? Right. Let's get into this. Let's tap into this. And that's and I feel now that we've got to a really good stage within this that we now are able to support from miscarriage up until, you know, their next pregnancy or a different pathway. And we know we see we have like the same members that come along back for the pregnant the next pregnancy. And we have that communication and we have a good understanding with them, a good rapport from when they last spoke to us after their loss. So we are gaining really good relationships with our members, which is really, really nice to have now. That really is. And we have recently expanded, I think recently, it's been over the last year and how it has been expanded into the highlands as well as also further Aberdeenshire into the Fraserburgh, Peterhead areas as well, which is great with further online and face-to-face groups starting in those areas. And again, if I'm honest, that's been quite natural, that one uh, progression. I feel that has been. I think that we've set up relatively well in the northeast we have done. I've got a few contacts in the Isle of Skies. That's where I used to live. And I think with word of mouth, social media, a lot of, we, we try to do as much as we can with the marketing and the media side as well, that the word is just really spread into those different areas. And people then have said, we would love to have your support. We'd love to have Miss in the sky. We'd love to have Miss in Peterhead. Can you help us? Can you support us in this way? And I think it's, it'll just be naturally, I would like to say within Scotland, I, th- I don't think it'll be too long until that happens either. We've actually had over the last few weeks, Contacts from Glasgow and Edinburgh asking for very much the same. Can you supply memory boxes to our hospitals down here? We really need your support and help. So it's really good to know that we're getting positive feedback and Miss has spoken about in a positive way that it's really helping people and helping our community at the end of the day, which is most important. Brilliant. I'm really pleased to hear I hadn't heard that you're getting into the the central belt there. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Who, Who have been the biggest supporters? For, for you yourself as the founder of Miss and for your Miss itself? The biggest supporters, yeah, that's a big question. Well, I would have to say yourself, one, Brenda. Um, I would do. Um, I went through, we went through a programme, a um, coaching programme last year, which was incredible. Um, and I would do that all over again. I would do because I learned so much from your programme. It was incredible. You have a wealth of information, so much knowledge and just even just speaking with you, like if you have, like if I had like an idea, which I quite often do, <laughs> um, that you'll, you'll be giving me the very honest opinion and, you know, have you explored this? Have you thought about this? What to do with this? How about, and then, but you'll also be honest, like, like hold the fort a little bit here. Let's go back a couple of steps, you know, which is really helpful. And just having that honest feedback and opinion is really good. And it has been so helpful and I think just really helped with the growth of the charity as well. And in all aspects, you know, that we were we were discussing areas, you know, it was increasing our staff and volunteers, you know, marketing. We covered a lot of different aspects in the same time that we're coaching names were really incredible. And even just simply recommending books or recommending another podcast, you know, is really, really helpful. Um, I think since we'd spoken, 
one of our uh, goals with Miss um, is to have a podcast. And in the next couple of months, that's what we're going to be starting. So it's thanks to Brenda, you know, um, really just for all your support and help there. So definitely say a huge support um, from yourself for that. So oh. thank you. <laughs> it's been, been an absolute pleasure to work with you, Abby. <laughs> and uh, for anyone who's listening, I do a um, coaching for a cause program. So I like to be coaching a, a not-for-profit of some kind. I do a six month program for um so that's the the course that that Abby the program Abby was on. Yeah, it's great to see how you've developed and we we set some great helped you set some great goals for moving forward and what Miss is going to look like in five years time. So um, mm-hmm. I'm watching closely. I'm still here, still still a coach on the on the outskirts, watching what's happening and supporting you while I can. So yeah, I wasn't expecting you to answer that question with my <laughs> name. So thank you. Who else has been a support? Must must have been tough in the in the early days. Who who did yeah, you lean I on? Think, yeah, I would I would say my husband was a really really good support. You know, he very much from day one when I had the idea, he was so supportive, just saying go for it. You know, you don't know until you try it how it's going to go. And I guess I would say the listeners, it's like anything. If you have an idea, just go for it. You know, there's because you might look back in time and in, in a few years and why didn't I do that for why why didn't I do that, do that sooner you know so definitely go for your ideas if you have them so yeah my husband was a really good support it still really is you know if I've got ideas or if there's any anything I want to share with him he's always open in ears which is really good to have my nana really really good support she was um she sadly passed last June but from day one, from when I started the charity, she was very much just incredible. It, you know, was it for, for herself? She actually opened up about her personal experience of loss, which I never knew about. And I was very, very close to my nana. And she opened up about her loss. And, you know, she, she actually had a few tears, which um, for anyone who knows my nana is very unlike her. She's a very strong-minded, uh, willing woman. She was, and she supported anything. She cut out all the newspaper articles uh, wherever we were featured in. And anytime I would go up to Sky, she would show them. And just, she was so, so proud of all, not just myself, but all the team as well. She knew of all our committee members. She knew of any of new volunteers that we had. She would always just say, I'm so proud of what you've done and what you've achieved for the community as well. So yeah, I would say those are my biggest supporters but I would also like to give a big mention as well to our team because they are supporting they are you know they support our communities they make the difference they do it in not just the northeast but further afield as well in the highlands as well and without our team of volunteers and staff we wouldn't be able to continue with our services so we really do have a fantastic team which just so thankful for and most of those are volunteers still aren't they yes yeah that's great so yeah, majority are, we've got 13 who are volunteers and the others are staff. So the, yeah, the volunteers, you know, they take their time out of their days, you know, away from their families, away from their work. Quite often they do just to, you know, to, to support, to help others, you know, in the community, attending our meetings, our committee meetings as well, voting, giving ideas. You know, we've got a couple who still been with us um, since day one and are still within the team they are so um, it's incredible to have their support as well which is really good. Is it harder to find volunteers than to find staff members or um, it just I'm because I work with businesses where we often we're struggling to find the right people to fill roles <laughs> when they're being paid to do those roles so is it is it harder to find volunteers? Very good question um, I would probably say no I think for that one um, I think if you 
usually when we are looking for new volunteers, um, we will create a, a, an advert. We will do a, create a post on social media or emails, for example, and we'll explain about what the role is, but then also explaining really about the difference that they are making. So we find the people that get in touch with us are very, you know, they're very strong-willed, they're very good-natured personalities they are, and they just want to make a difference. So it's always very, very, it's actually, I find the hardest part um, actually is deciding which volunteer or which staff member to go with, because we have so many applications that always come through and so many CVs. And I would say now, to be fair, on a fortnightly basis, we always have a new CV or someone asking, I'd love to be part of your charity. What can I do to get involved? Um, you know, so it's really good to have to, to, to create that platform, create that charity where people just want to get involved and just help out. So I think I wouldn't say it's easier whether it's a volunteer or whether it's a staff. I would do, but I would definitely say that we're volunteers. We always have a very good, there's always a lot of people that are willing to help out. And yeah, I guess you could say in, in terms of supporters for your, one of your previous questions, we're very, very supportive from our communities as well. You know, in Sky, really supportive community there from a lot of my friends that we were in high school with, but also family up here as well, really supportive of, of what we do as well. I'm just thinking I've just had a bit of a blinding flash of the obvious while you've been talking there. So, you know, maybe the reason that businesses find it so hard to find the right people is because they don't have that clear vision and that, you know, you've got such a clear purpose in MISS. This is what we're doing. This is how we're making a difference. This is how we're helping people mm-hmm. that it makes it easier for people to connect with that and, and to volunteer their time or their services. And maybe if businesses put a bit more effort into sharing their their purpose and their their mission, their their vision for making a difference, then people might apply latch on to that. Yeah, and, yes. I, I would say so. I mean, I would say for I mean, I would certainly say for myself from day one, not from the charity, I've always really been like this as a, as a, myself as a person, is that when I'm applying for a job or applying to be involved with something, I really want to know how it's making a difference or, you know, selfishly a little bit, well, what am I going to get from it, you know? And I think companies, charities, they need to explain personally a little bit more, you know, as to what that individual is getting from them because, yes, the company needs a new person and they need that role covered. But at the end of the day, it's not all about numbers. It's about quality, which is really important as well. So having putting a bit more efforts into your adverts, you know, and that's one area that I've always think is really important is that what are people getting from it when they're volunteering? Why should they volunteer with Miss? And what are they going to get? What experience, what skills are they going to gain from volunteering with Miss? And yeah, so I would, I would definitely recommend something to include in your adverts. And if anyone would like to chat further about it, I'm more than happy um, to, to speak further about it. I'm on LinkedIn, Abby Clark, you can find me on there. And I'll share your... I'll share your contact details when the when the podcast goes live, and obviously okay. the details about Miss as well. Yeah, what are your what are your ambitions for the future? Now I, I've got a bit of a I've had a bit of a preview into this. I've seen the yeah the the structure that you want to build for Miss in in a few years time. But yeah, share with the listeners what your ambitions are. I think yeah. So we myself and Brenda we we went we basically put together a five year organogram last year. We did, which was really exciting, but also thinking about what are the aims and the goals for the future as well? And I think that's a really good way of thinking ahead, planning as well and deciding, okay, so what's our aim next? What's our targets? And 
I'm very much a person that I like to have a target idea as well. And it keep, I think it keeps you motivated. It keeps you going um, as well, which is really important. And it's also good for the team to hear those and, you know, uh, share your, your dreams, your targets, your aims, but also for them to input with their ideas and their thoughts as well, which I think is really important too. Um, so some of our aims and some of our targets over the next few years, now I have to admit, we do have quite a few, <laughs> which is, I won't <laughs> share them all. But a couple of them are, so over the next year, uh, we will be launching our own podcast, um, which I'm really excited um, to have. Um, what we're planning to do this will be launching in April, uh, where we'll have a three-month plan with speakers coming on um, to cover certain topics we will be. And then we'll have one month break and then go back into another three-month plan with more speakers. So really excited for the podcast i'm going to put my my hands up that we haven't had i haven't actually done a, a podcast before i've been a guest guest podcast a few times in, over the last couple of years but never actually had my own podcast so it's probably going to be a learning curve so you might have to bear with me for the first couple but i can guarantee it will be a great podcast and we will have some really good speakers on um coming on so please do keep a look out for that one that's great the podcast that'd be a great way of being able to provide support for your members without them having to attend a meeting or maybe if they're feeling a bit anxious about coming along to a meeting, they can listen to some of the podcasts and, and then that, that'll help them. So that's, that's a great. And then there's, there's some geographical uh, goals. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah, so our plan um, is to cover all of Scotland for all of our support over the next five years. So we have Broken it down into quarters, myself and uh, one of the marketing coordinators, uh, Sophie, she's really helped with really identifying the need in the areas within Scotland and which areas we'll target first, which is great. So still a little bit more work that we're going to be um, carried out in the Highlands uh, just to get up to speed as to where we would like that to be. And then we'll be working in other areas around Dundee after that one we will do. So yeah, the aim is covering all of Scotland, which I feel is quite an ambitious aim. But I have no doubt that we're, we'll be able to, to carry that out. And, and really, again, that's speaking to a lot of our members. You know, we have almost now, I think we're almost up to the 5,000 members aim now that we have reached, which is quite incredible. And, and many of them are in the Northeast and also in Venice and Peterhead. However, we, st- we have recently been getting a lot more in the Glasgow, Dundee areas as well. So identifying there that there is a need for the services as well that way. So. Yeah, we'll be keeping busy over the next few years. We certainly will. So, I suppose the big question then, Abby, is you know, five years in building something that you're quite passionate about, do all the challenges that that come with it. Um, Would you do it all over again? Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely, we do. Yeah, it's um, it's it's been quite incredible the, the last five years as to really the support and the services that we've been able to identify there's a really need for, but then also carry out these services and deliver them to the community as well and just really show that there's the support there for bereaved parents and just really supporting them as much as we can after their loss as well, which is really important. And the thing is as well that some parents deal, bereaved parents deal with loss in very different ways. Every person's very different. Some people just don't want to receive support and others do. Some people want to support by maybe attending some of our events and maybe not come along to groups, you know. So everyone has a very different way. And it's really 
just identifying for that person which support mechanism is best for them. And that's why we have, although it might seem at the start what I was saying about all the different types of support we have, there is a lot of support in the services that we carry out. However, that is also because we want to ensure that everyone has, you know, some form of support available from there and they can decide which is best and appropriate for them. I think it's amazing what you've done. I think hats off to you to build what you've you've built and to take your idea and create it into something that's that's benefiting so many five thousand people that's yeah that's fantastic <laughs> i can't wait to see where it's going thank yeah. you no, i appreciate your kind words and like i said brenda uh, a big thank you to yourself for your of your support and guidance over the last few months it's been really incredible to have have that other person as well just for feedback and like i said you've got a wealth of information you've got a lot of contacts a lot of good reads books as well which is incredible so really really helpful yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you've had value from it. That's that's mm-hmm. all. All I can all I can hope for. So, uh, thank you so much for being on the on the show today, Abby. If anybody would like to find out more about the support that's available, uh, people that have suffered early pregnancy loss, then we'll share the details. I, w- I would probably say to get in touch, not through the website. Um, everyone has, a- has access to the website. They can do so. It's www.missmiss-support.org.uk. On there, you can find all the different forms of support. There's a number of blogs on there, as well as also upcoming fundraising events that we have. And of course, all our links to our social media pages, if you have as well. We do also have a newsletter, which you can subscribe to through the website as well. So for those of you who don't have social media, you can keep in touch with all the information, support and activities that we're working on in our newsletter as well. Thank you, Abby. Thank you. (laughs) It's been incredible. Thanks for listening to Scale Her Up, the female entrepreneur's show. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And please join our Facebook community at Scale Her Up. Please connect with me, Brenda Hector, on social media and drop me a message to let me know you're enjoying the podcast. Or even better, pop a wee review on iTunes. I'm going to finish by reminding you, only one in three UK entrepreneurs are female. And men are five times more likely to scale their business to over one million in turnover than women. If we started and scaled our businesses to the same extent as men, it would add 250 billion to the UK economy and provide millions of jobs. Ladies, you can do it and we're going to make a massive difference.